time to wake up. It's Saturday morning. Find some milk and cereal. Grab a bowl and spoon. No, a bigger spoon. Head to the living room and take a seat on the floor. But Joseph and Chris present to you... Saturday Morning Cartoon! Hello and welcome to Saturday Morning Cartoon Boom! This is a show where we take a seat on the living room floor with a big bowl of cereal and watch all your favorite cartoons. I'm Joseph. And I'm Chris. And today we watched Invader Zim from 2001. For a short synopsis of this show from IMDb, a short alien bent on conquering Earth poses as a human... And only one paranoid child knows his secret. Warning, piggies may be involved in resulting insanity. This show was created by Jonan Vasquez, and he was the writer and artist of indie comic Johnny the Homicidal Maniac originally. It aired on Nickelodeon in 2001, but was canceled shortly after the end of the first season, and season two wasn't actually shown until it was on Nicktoons in 2006. So I know that coming into this, I had seen it before, but Chris may or may not have. So what memories, if any, do you have? Yeah, this is one that I didn't see. With the the time period, it was that I wasn't watching a whole lot of TV just because of school and then all kinds of other stuff I had going on. So I just really wasn't sitting down in front of the TV at that point. But I was aware of it. I didn't know what it was about, but I did see a lot of, at least around my school and stuff, it was a really popular thing. Like People were wearing lots of backpacks and just random things like patches on their jackets with gur on it and things like that. So it was something I always knew about, something I always saw, but I just didn't know what it was exactly. It's kind of cool. Like This took me back, seeing some of these characters almost took me back to that mindset and just kept bringing up the kind of music I was listening to at the time, the kind of video games I was into. Just it, So it brought up all these memories from that time period. So that was pretty cool that even though I hadn't seen it, I still had kind of that feeling of nostalgia just because of that yeah so it's fresh on your mind only because you were around it or it was around you not so much because you saw it right exactly that's still cool it was definitely since it was 2001 to 2003 originally that was about when we were both in high school well i mean it technically was when we were both in high school (laughs) so yeah we were surrounded by these items I actually was able to see it, luckily, during that time period. But like I said, the second season I didn't even catch until almost early college years or something because it was just so far off. But as far as my memories go, like a few of my friends and I would sit around and watch this show together in high school. And some of the inside jokes that we still carry on to this day are Invader Zim references. Like we'll say something and it's so obscure. It's such an obscure line from Invader Zim in some way that... Only will really know what we're talking about unless someone else happens to have seen Invader Zim or remembers it that well. It's just, I have just very fond, nostalgic memories of it. And even this girl I was dating at the time was a big fan of it, and she did a great Zim voice. So she used to do that all the time. Watching this thing, it's, it's something that I'm like, I, I don't know how I wasn't watching this back yeah. then because this was totally my sense of humor. And just, I absolutely loved it, especially at the time period too, because I was going through this weird time in high school where I just had a lot of weird stuff going on and they were treating me for ADD and all kinds of stuff. And so this was really like 
the perfect show for me because the humor of the show is so like ADHD, like <laughs> just all kinds of goofy stuff. And this would have been the perfect thing for me to watch. So I'm kind of sad that I didn't get to see it when it was first airing. Yeah, it is incredibly erratic. It's just all over the place. And you, I don't know if you watched any more episodes in the three that we watched this time around, but the more you see, I guess the crazier it gets these were kind of tame in comparison to how erratic or how just off the beaten path some of them are. Yeah, I I didn't watch any more yet, but I would like to sit down and just watch this whole thing because I absolutely loved it and definitely spoke to me in a way that not a lot of shows do. It's definitely something that's it's my sense of humor and it's kind of dark, which I really appreciate like that dark kind of humor, like the everyday lives of the kids in this world are just horrible. <laughs> it wouldn't be that weird for kids to die from the cafeteria food at their school. Like it's just yeah. kind of the normal thing. So. Right. <laughs> I mean, that kind of humor is just like, I love that. I think that's hilarious. It, it's a very subtle, like just really awkward humor. And right. the humans on this earth are just complete morons. Like it, <laughs> It's everything bad about humanity, like, dialed up. Yeah, I mean, and for that, I mean, the aliens aren't the brightest things either, especially, like, if you look at Zim himself. Um, not not the brightest crayon in the box, but, yeah, they're all just kind of dumb and naive about what's going on around them, and they're just <laughs> reacting at, like, you know, with split-second decisions, not thinking about what they're doing, and yeah. everyone in this world is just like that, and it's just hilarious. And for, for anybody coming into this not knowing at all what we're talking about, or just a couple of the main characters, Zim is a, a green alien from the planet Urk, part of the Urkin Empire. The social hierarchy of this empire is based solely on height versus anything else. He happens to be extremely short for an Urkin, but we'll go into that a little bit more when we start talking about the first episode because that really intros it more. Another of the sure. main characters is Gur, who is a malfunctioning robot servant. <laughs> which, again, we'll go into more of. And then the third like most notable character would be Dib, who is really the only human who knows what Zim is. Right, and Dib is just kind of out to undo him as right. much as possible. Yeah, exactly. I, I was looking at the cast, and a lot of the main cast really wasn't super notable. I mean, they've been in some other things, but a lot of the supporting cast is people that I recognize. So Dib has a sister named Gaz, mm -hmm. and Gaz is voiced by Melissa Fawn, who's been in Digimon. And if you're an anime fan, she was in FLCL, and she voices Ed in Cowboy Bebop, which is really cool, and did not see that because the voice is completely different from that character, which is pretty cool. Some of the other characters is uh, Professor Membrane. The guy that voiced him, his name is Roger, and hopefully... I'm pronouncing this right, Bumpus. And he is pretty much every cartoon ever. And just some of the more noteworthy ones, he voiced Lewis in Real Ghostbusters, Toxie and Dr. Killamoff in The Toxic Crusaders. And right now he's Squidward in SpongeBob SquarePants. So then we've got some really kind of tertiary characters like Miss Bitters, which is the teacher at the school that Zim is kind of hiding in and that Dib and Gas go to. And she's voiced by Lucille Bliss, who was Smurfette in the old Smurf cartoons. And then the, the last one I wanted to mention was Almighty Tallest Red. He was one of the head honchos for the Urkins because he's very tall. And the guy that voiced him was Wally Wingert. And he's been in tons of stuff. I mean, tons and tons. His IMDb list is like a mile long. But 
but some of the stuff that was exciting for me to see, he's been in a lot of Transformer cartoons, X-Men cartoons. He's voiced some Power Rangers stuff, done lots of anime, Naruto, Bleach. He's done the Avengers Earth Mightiest Heroes cartoons. He's in Sonic Boom, which is the new Sonic cartoon that came out not that long ago. And he's also done a whole lot of video game work. And notably, he was in The Secret of Monkey Island 1 and 2, which was, man, that's a nostalgic thing because, man, I played the heck out of that. And then he voices the Riddler in the Arkham series. So we've definitely all heard his voice. So that's really, really cool. They've got some really interesting talent there doing the voices for this show. Nice. Yeah. And also, all right, and since you're talking about the voice actors, it's worth mentioning that before Richard Stephen Horvitz voiced Zim, they had auditioned Mark Hamill and Billy West, who is also, you know, Fry from Futurama. Wow, that's awesome. I wonder why they didn't get the parts because, I mean, you would think those two would be amazing because, I mean, they're just amazing at doing voice acting and they're great actors anyway. I wonder maybe it was a money thing. Who knows? What I had read about that was that they just didn't want to have such name actors as the voice. And so they wanted to use somebody else's voice. But honestly, I'm glad they went with Richard Horvitz because it's just so iconic, that voice. It's crazy to see him actually talk, too, because that's kind of what he sounds like normally oh my god <laughs> yeah just kind of high-pitched awesome. and nasally yeah it's a very distinct voice so they cast it really well definitely uh, although i would love to hear mark hamill as it just to see what take he had oh that would be great that'd be so much fun to see i think um, actually in the pilot episode which wasn't aired until 2011 it was either billy west or mark hamill who actually did that voice so i need to go back and watch the pilot i never saw the pilot actually i've seen every episode except for the pilot because that really? came out, yeah, that came out after, way after the fact. So one of them did that voice. So I need to go check it out. Yeah, we have to check it out and see what it sounds like. That'd be cool. Definitely. But the ones we did check out, just to stick with the formatting that we're going with, we watched three episodes of the shows that we're presenting. The first episode, the highest rated episode, and then either a random or listener pick episode, which in this case is an episode that I chose because I'm familiar with the series and it's one I really enjoyed. So from the top, we'll start with the first episode of season one, which is The Nightmare Begins. So, Chris, this was your intro to Invader Zim. What did you think of it? There was just so much subtle humor to it, and it was just subtly absurd humor. I was I was laughing right off the bat. And it took me by surprise, too, because I was expecting to kind of watch this and be like, yeah, okay, that's kind of funny. But no, I was losing it, like, right <laughs> off the bat. The humor kind of reminded me of the Earthworm Jim cartoon back in the day like it was just that really absurd humor but it wasn't always in your face it was kind of subtle and kind of just played around with the opening scene of this with the um, almighty tallest red and almighty tallest purple the two head honchos of the invaders here they're gathering the other little urkins the small ones to go out and invade these other planets. And it's still one of my favorite gags is <laughs> they get this one little one up there and they show them this planet and there's a picture of it and it just shows one of their own like on the ground looking like they're about to die with these big mutant rats like about to devour <laughs> him. <laughs> it just cracks me up. Like it was just so funny that they're just like, oh, here you go. And they're talking about how great this planet's going to be. And they're showing this image of him just like about to die. <laughs> yeah, that's the and, first one. Uh, it's like because he grew a few more inches over the course of time between right. 
these missions, Operation Impending Doom 1 and Operation Impending Doom 2, he gets to go to, instead, the planet of the world's most comfortable couch. Right. <laughs> so they send him there and he gets to relax on a couch. Then they pull up another one that's, like, actually shorter. And then they show him the same picture. And, like, the look on this little guy's face is the funniest thing ever. <laughs> and his eyes start just welling up in tears. And he doesn't he doesn't even say anything. It's just, like, the, the expression is just priceless. It's so funny. <laughs> that's like you were Good saying... Nonsense with the the subtle humor there's a lot of that it's just sometimes what they don't say with the expressions on their face that really sell those jokes right <laughs> they're just so good like and i gotta i have to give the animation team on this show um major kudos because they did such a great job with the expressions on these faces because that almost kind of makes the show with this subtle kind of humor when they're not just outright saying the jokes in an obvious way just picking up on their faces and just the way they move certain things or their eyes or just certain things going on in the background is half of what makes this show hilarious. What's funny about this, one of my favorite parts was where Zim had been banished because he had single-handedly ruined (laughs) Operation Impending Doom 1. He was banished to Food Cordia where essentially it's just the universe's largest food court where he had to work as a fry cook. And when when he hears about Operation Impending Doom 2, he comes back and they're like, we banished you. And he's like, oh, yeah, I quit. And and one of the, the tallest is like, you quit being banished? And that's just one of my favorite parts because he's he's just so, I don't I don't know. Uh, Zim is so narcissistic and just all caught up in himself that he, (laughs) it's like he just ignores everything else around him. He just has to be, he's the conquest runs through his veins. He says, Right. It's very much, I mean, and there's a, it's a personality type that's in some of my favorite characters. And I, the one that jumps out to me the most is like, um, like Scott Pilgrim from that series. He's very, he's got an ego about him to where he doesn't really understand what reality is going on. He's just kind of in his own little world and doesn't comprehend what isn't focused completely on him. So he might slightly acknowledge that he's the reason that the first mission completely went up in flames. And they even show him like a clip of him destroying his own planet (laughs) just because he got a little overzealous. Yeah. At least they put the fires out. You made them worse. Worse or better? (laughs) This episode is just a whole intro to... It's just the groundwork for everything. So what essentially happens is just to get rid of Zim, they sent him off to the edges of the universe, the unknown... First they tried to give him a sandwich. Oh, they they tried to sell him off with a sandwich, true. (laughs) (laughs) But since he, he wouldn't take that for an answer, he... They send him off to the unknown reaches of space to them at this time, presumably into just blackness. They don't know where he's going, and they call it a secret mission just to appease him and send him on his way. Well, all the invaders up until then get a SIR, which is a standard issue information retrieval unit, and that's just essentially a robot servant. For Zim, they essentially put together... They just like pulled things out of the trash. Yeah, and, and just then, start kind of constructing it. Yeah, made it a robot and it was just like garbage that they just happened to have in the the nearest trash can. Yeah. <laughs> they just pulled stuff out and made it. So, and he says that he is a gur and it doesn't stand for anything. He's just insane and he's just gur. Yeah, it's just gur. But Gur is one of the most well-known characters from this series, coincidentally, because he's just adorable and crazy. And it's part of what makes some of those episodes. (laughs) So one of my favorite jokes from this episode was when they get in the ship, 
and they're heading towards uh, whatever they're heading towards. They don't really know exactly what planet they're going to because it's uncharted, really. And Gurr's singing this song, <laughs> this this ridiculous song, and then it gives us a uh, it gives us one of those time passing kind of notifications where the screen goes by and it's like six months later, and it cuts home, and he's still singing the same exact song like he never stopped. <laughs> <laughs> and you see Zim there, like drool, like running out right. of his mouth. He's just completely <laughs> exasperated. Please stop singing. <laughs> yeah, it was great. And then, uh, then they come. They find Earth. They come to Earth, and I think Zim just uh, assumes that that's where he was supposed to be going in the first place. Mm-hmm. He has to disguise himself first as uh, a human, and then Gur as a native creature. So <laughs> it, instead of choosing something that looked more human, he chose really just the Urkin disguise with eye beholes and a hairpiece. Hair. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, he's still just a green kid. Gurr is disguised as a dog, kind of. It's a green dog with... I he's don't like, he's it like was, a yellowish dog. I don't know if it was like a zipper or like a... Uh, or if it was just stitching that was like going down the middle of Gurr. So like very obviously not <laughs> not well put together. Oh, like yeah. His eyes are kind of going the wrong direction. It, it's a zipper, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and it's... Yeah, uh, it's just... It's just the most unconvincing disguises. However, like we were talking about it, earlier, humans in the show are just complete morons. So right, they they wouldn't notice. No, no one suspects except, a thing, except Dib. Right, Dib notices, and this is because <laughs> no one else gets it. In order to blend in, Zim goes and puts himself into class, and Dib happens to be there as one of his classmates, and instantly he knows because Dib is very into like. The paranormal, the supernatural, things like that. He's like a, a, a mini X-Files kid. He's just all about right. that kind of stuff. That kind of wraps up the first episode. It's just a lot of that and laying the groundwork for everything. Right. It introduces you to Dib and Zim being on opposite sides of the coin. Basically being nemesis for each other. <laughs> Nemes- is it Nemesi? Nemesi? Nemes- Nemesis? Nemes- Nemesis? Nemesis? I don't know. <laughs> But <laughs> so like just because we were talking earlier about how the everyday world in this universe is just awful for everybody. And <laughs> one of the best ways to kind of paint that picture was they had an ice cream truck going down the road, regular ice cream truck for kids. But along with the song, like the ice cream man saying your whole existence is meaningless without ice cream and just like <laughs> really dark things like that. It's just a really bleak world. And I thought that was just a really good way of them kind of showing it, setting the stage for how strange this place is. It's very subversive humor. Yeah. So jumping into the next episode, which is one of the higher rated episodes, the highest rated on IMDb as of when we checked this, just to preface it, the way these episodes work typically is in the regular episode, there are typically two small episodes that make up that whole episode. So this one is part of season one, episode eight, but it's the second half of it, which is bad, bad rubber piggy. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, what do you think of it? I, I know about it. This was actually my favorite one out of the three that we watched. Um, <laughs> I mean, they were they were all really good, but this one, like, I was laughing so hard just because of how absurd this episode was. Yeah, and, and the episode kind of starts out setting the context that you're a complete moron if you try to go back in time and change the past. And it's basically Doctor Membrane kind of giving this speech and showing this example of this kid eating 
what's called breakfast chunks. It's basically just a giant, almost like concrete slab of bran that he's eating for breakfast. They kind of demonstrate by the kid gets to go back in time and he sends a horrible giant squid to destroy the guy that originally created this little breakfast thing. But then when he goes back into his regular time, yes, he changed it, but instead there was a giant squid in his cereal that like tried to eat the kid. <laughs> so the the whole moral of the story was you're an idiot if you try to go back and change time. Right. And they even talked about they showed a giant fish wearing a bear suit destroying a city. <laughs> yeah, like a giant kaiju <laughs> fish in a bear suit. <laughs> right. Um, so it's this big exposition <laughs> to show the ramifications of this and then cuts immediately to <laughs> that's exactly what... <laughs> what yeah, it's exactly um, what Zim is building. <laughs> I can't remember what it was that he tried to send through it originally. Oh, was he it tried like, to send through a giant robot to a giant right. assassin robot to kill Dib as a child so that he didn't have to deal with him. And it wouldn't work. And they found out kind of by accident that the only thing that can go through is this like rubber pig toy that Gurr was playing with. Which, it goes through. Yeah, Zim finds that out by accident because out of his fury of not being able to send his robot through, he throws one of the rubber piggies just at the portal and it and it is compatible and goes through. And what's happening since the temporal uh, replacement it's it replaces certain items that Dib is using or that are around Dib with rubber piggies in in the first instance dib is riding a tricycle going to help fight <laughs> help fight like a stuffed alien with some kids and it replaces his tricycle with a rubber piggy which <laughs> sends him sends him flying into a tree even though that's funny in and of itself it's seeing what happens to him in the present day that makes this just a great episode right in, in the accident he ends up apparently running into his tree he lost a hand, and it now yeah. has a like <laughs> a metal claw for right. a hand. And I think and he's, he's got, missing like, some, some of his teeth. Yeah, he's got some spots on his head, like maybe some scars or something. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> and it's funny because um, Gaz, his sister, is there with him, and she's the one who has to explain to him. It's happening to him in real time. So he's like, have I always looked like this? And she's like, yeah, <laughs> because remember the, the tricycle accident you had when you were whatever age? And, it, and it's like, so oh, it's, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, I guess I do remember that. <laughs> so this happens a couple of times, and uh, each time it's just funnier and funnier. <laughs> he does this one thing where he invents some sort of like helmet and he's going up in the air and they send through another rubber pig. And so the thing that's helping him fly turns into a pig. Yeah. So he falls and gets like severely injured in the present. Now he's got like some sort of like life preserving backpack thing with these tubes hooked up to him. Like slowly he starts to look like a frail old man, like on a deathbed yeah. because of all the horrible things that happened to him because everything turns into pigs. <laughs> and what is the last thing that turned into a pig? It was oh, was man. it his breathing device or was it something around him? I can't remember. I think it was something around him. Like I want to say he was scaling something like a telephone pole or something. After which his father, Professor Membrane, makes this giant robotic kid suit for him since he's essentially <laughs> dead. And <laughs> then he becomes just a huge cyborg dib. Oh, yeah, because um, Zim is like watching what's happening through like a camera mm -hmm. and sees like Dib as malformed as he now is and essentially does die. And these paramedics are trying to resuscitate him and stuff like that. And I mean, he flatlines. And so Zim is just kind of like, oh, great. And he walks off, gets a drink and he goes to lounge and relax. And what 
Zim doesn't know is that his heart started again. So Dib came back to life. He's not completely dead. And that's when they make him basically this giant exosuit. So Zim isn't aware of what's about to happen next. I guess without going through that whole battle, let's just take it to the end of that episode, which is amazing, where there's one more temporal displacement that Zim does, which happens to be he writes a message on one of the rubber piggies and then sends it back to replace his brain at the time that he decided to start using this temporal device. That's the thing. I I, I wonder if Zim really meant to replace his brain or if he's just absentmindedly sending these pigs back because he's not paying attention or something it replaces his brain yeah I, so they show like a little x-ray of his head right at the end and you see the pig inside of his head with the note attached to it and zim's just kind of drooling like yeah <laughs> yeah i mean i would assume it's because he's in kind of a frantic situation where he's about to be destroyed by the mecha dib and so he just sends it through as fast as he can and misses his mark replaces his own brain but right. it's a crazy episode but it's really it's even explaining it, it sounds so strange, but you really have to watch it to appreciate it. Yeah, I, seriously, you guys have to watch these episodes because they're hilarious. And it's that much funnier than because you'll see the things that we're talking about. One thing that I really enjoyed from this episode, which touches on the expressions of these characters being a big part of the gags. One thing that they did with Gurr when he's in his robot form, so he's not in his dog suit. Gurr's antenna kind of acts almost like a dog's ears or tail. Like he gets scared and his antenna kind of pops down behind him a little bit yeah and just little things like that just really make this show and just add to that kind of humor that's definitely true to close out of the episodes that we watched the next episode is my one of my favorite episodes if not my favorite and i'll tell you why as we go into it but it's called dark harvest and it's from season one episode four second half so this one the reason i liked it just to preface it is because it's still got this dark gritty awkward humor to it but it's also kind of a horror movie in a sense you can see a lot of horror tropes in this as you go through it and it's it's kind of frightening in a way even just thinking about it the idea of it to lay that out a little bit what's happening is it's still early on and zim's just come to the planet he's being challenged by dib constantly like they're gonna find out you're an alien because he has to go to the nurse's office <laughs> oh well to get there <laughs> yeah yeah to get there he, this uh, the windows open in the classroom. A pigeon flies in and lands on Zim's head, and so the the teacher's like, "Zim, you have head pigeons. Go to the nurse's <laughs> office before you spread it to the other children." I love the head pigeons. So head I, pigeons. I love is a their thing. hall passes. <laughs> oh yes, the hall pass. So he has to go. To the nurse, which he needs a hall pass for. And the hall pass for Zim is like an electronic collar that if they leave the school ground, it explodes. <laughs> <laughs> but as he's leaving the classroom to go to the nurse's office, Dib challenges him and is like, she's going to find out you're not human. You don't have the regular organs that we do. So his idea, his plan is to steal everyone else's organs, but not just <laughs> one of the organs, just to pile as many of them as he can inside his body to make him the ultimate child or the ultimate human. Right. He thought if he had more organs, he would be more human. So he just kind of slowly ends up start going around the, the school, kind of just picking people off. So Zim kind kind of ends up just going around picking some of the students off one by one. He'll take an organ from each. He doesn't take all of them, but he always replaces it with some inanimate object. One of the Hulk passes one of the other kids had was a radiator that just said Hall Pass on it. And Zim actually used that to replace that kid's organ. <laughs> he stuck the radiator inside the kid. 
Yeah. So it's it's just any object that's around, that's what he's going to replace these organs with. And you're seeing all these kids just like falling over sick. The scary or the terror about this is just watching him kind of spider himself around because in his backpack, yeah. he has these mechanical spider legs. So he's just kind of like crawling around through the vents and everything in a very horrific fashion. Like you said, picking these children off one by one. If there wasn't the dark comedy already to this, then this could be like a pure horror movie. You know, it kind of reminded me of a horror movie, too. Like once we got to that part, it it reminded me of something like Alien or something akin to that. Just Mm -hmm. Zim kind of just being this like creature going around picking these kids off. And (laughs) Dib gets down to where he finds the last remaining kid who is just still completely oblivious. Like, no one realizes what's going on. <laughs> He's trying to watch this other kid and save him. This kid just wants to lift weights and be left alone. And so Dib kind of follows him around, but Zim still gets him. And then Dib is the only one left. And he encounters the new bit upgraded, I guess, quote unquote, <laughs> Zim, who is just like a mass of uh, of organs, so much so that they're overflowing out of his body. He's super fat. <laughs> yeah. He's got like six hearts. He has multiple intestines full of organs and one of the intestines falls out of his mouth and he has to roll it back in because <laughs> he chokes on it. It's so weird, but it's awesome to watch. So it kind of ends in this way that I don't remember who has it, but one of the inanimate objects is this little like toy can thing that it makes a mooing sound when oh, you move yeah. it back and forth. He finally gets something of dibs and replaces that organ with the little moo sound effect can in dib. And then they're both sitting at the nurse's office. The nurse comes over, checks out Zim, talks about how healthy he is with all those organs. He's just the healthiest child she's ever seen. And then poor Dib, the moo comes out. The nurse freaks out, starts screaming about how Dib isn't human. So it just kind of all backfires on Dib, unfortunately. Yeah, and it shows a newspaper clipping of like cow alien (laughs) boy found at school or something. Yeah, exactly. Something to mention about this, and I guess you could kind of tell just by the way that we're talking about the end of these episodes and how people are dying or whatever, is there's not a lot of continuity to it. There's some, but if the episode ends with them being permanently banished or, you know, taken away or something, then it's probably not going to carry on. Because essentially all of them are kind of fresh takes on what's happening now. So it's it's fun to watch like that because they're little one shots one after another. Kind of like a Sunday newspaper comic in that way. And that it's just this one little short, this standalone little thing. It's kind of like the Kenny thing from South Park. Like True. Kenny would die yeah. in an episode. The next episode, he's just back and he didn't die and, you know, there's nothing to it. Since we're through reviewing those three episodes that we watched for Invader Zim, how do you think a younger Chris would feel about this? How do you think little Chris would feel if you watched this as a child? Um, Let me see. Uh, Little Chris, what do you think about this one? I really like this show. I think if I saw it on TV when it was airing, it would be my favorite. The the aliens were really funny, and Gurr is my favorite. And I would have my mom take me to to Hot Topic so I could get a shirt with Gurr on it. It was really good. And the show is funny, and I would rate it three big bowls of cereal. Joseph, what, what did you think of this cartoon? So, with unique characters, an awkwardly dark humor, as well as a grim, allegorical view of society as a whole, Invader Zim is just as much of a comical mind trip to watch now as it was when it was first released. Though not necessarily suitable for young kids, 
I think everyone can find something to appreciate about this show. As a fellow short narcissist also bent on domination, it's only fitting that I give this one three overflowing bowls of cereal out of three. <laughs> All right, thanks, guys. And since Halloween is just around the corner, we decided to press pause on our regularly scheduled programming and bring some spooktacular shows to the breakfast table. Next time, we'll be watching The 13 Ghosts of Scooby-Doo. With that said, I'm Joseph. And I'm Chris. And we'll see you next Saturday. Thanks, everyone, for listening. If you like what you heard, please give us a five-star rating on iTunes. Definitely reach out and let us know what cartoon you'd like us to cover, along with some of your favorite episodes so we can feature them on our show. You can make a request, see the current request list, or speak with the show host by visiting the Cartoon Boom subreddit. You can also connect with our network by visiting nerdsloth.com or searching for Nerdsloth on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. See you next Saturday.